You're listening to Soul School with Laura Coe and Kevin Kaiser. On this show, we dive into life's biggest questions. Who are we? What are we here to do? And how can we fearlessly live as our truest, deepest selves? Soul School is the spiritual education you never received. So if you're ready, join us as we explore together. Soul School is in session. Welcome back, everybody. And hello, Laura. Hello, we are back for another episode. How are you doing today, Kevin? Doing great. We have something fun, and I think it's fun to talk about. It's definitely something that I I think everybody who is on this spiritual path of awakening or whatever you would like to call it faces, but oftentimes is afraid to talk about because it doesn't sound very spiritual indeed. And uh, this is something that has come in waves for me. And I hit one of those waves this weekend. My wife and I, we live in central Oregon. It's beautiful. We were out walking. Everybody was out. It was gorgeous. And I had this thought as all of these people were walking past me on the trail and I saw them, them out on the river. It's like, oh, all of these people are living their lives. And they're the main character in their own stories. But does any of this really matter? And it just kind of stuck with me that, you know, the, the thought came and went, but it, it was one of those sticky thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I woke up this morning and went for my walk in the morning, uh, this morning, I was listening to Adya Shanti and as happens in my life, what he was talking about was exactly what I needed to hear at the moment. And he was discussing how on this spiritual journey, the pendulum tends to swing for everyone which is we start out with this feeling of nothing really matters. And then we go on this journey and we discover that, no, actually everything matters. This is beautiful. We find, you know, this great clarity and this great awakening until we go through what he calls the, I had it and then I lost it phase where (laughs) we feel like, oh my gosh, like nothing matters. You know, if we're just awareness and if we're just, you know, here being, and it's just all about presence and awareness. Well, what does it matter if I, you know, push in my career or if I pursue relationships or any of those things? And so I thought this would be really great to talk about mm-hmm. with our uh, soul community today of what do you do whenever you hit those bumps, which you will, of, man, nothing really matters you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Have you ever had this experience? Oh my God, yes. And I love that you're bringing this up because I sort of think of the shadow side of life, you know, a lot. And, you know, you have your greatest skills, right? You have these qualities about yourself that help you a lot in your life, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm organized. I get things done. Sometimes it's better not to be organized. Sometimes it's better not to get things done. So sometimes the the strengths become the weakness when you lean into them too much, right? And this spiritual awakening stuff, right? It's like, oh my God, this is amazing. And you're just like leaned into it and there's all this magic and power to it. But the Mm -hmm. shadow side, the darker side, the side that people don't want to talk about because of something that I think about a lot, this like, um, this sort of spiritual elitism or spiritual bypassing, like I'm supposed to feel 
above life or something, right? Like, life, like life no longer has me. <laughs> like, all the time. It's supposed uh, to be that way all the time. All, all the, the time. time right? All the time. And I've mastered it. And I'm, you know, uh, able to weather the storms unscathed always, right? Or something. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them, right? This idea of nothing matters. It's like you get to this beautiful place of harmony in yourself and you start to realize like, oh, wait, you know, it kind of doesn't matter. But then there's that, oh no, wait, does it yeah. not matter? Right. And, and it toggles between beautiful that it doesn't matter and like really scary, <laughs> like, yeah. wait, wait, but if nothing matters and I don't matter, then what the hell am I doing? Right. And, yeah. and you can kind of get into an, a new loop. So when you think about it for yourself, how do you how do you organize yourself between this idea of we're all in our own heads, we're living our own lives, a lot of what we're experiencing are just these thoughts and narratives that nobody else can hear, right? So you and your yeah. wife are walking and living your life and everybody's in their own experiences having these massive conversations that we can't hear, right? Yeah. And and so none of that really does matter to anybody but them, to our to ourself, our own story. But I don't and I believe in myself as I was walking past these people on the trail, like thinking, it's like, I don't care about your story. That's right. And, and I would ask Holly, I, I wonder what's happening in her life or in his life. Or look at that guy laying out, you know, getting a really bad sunburn. That's going to suck for him. But anyway, what do you want for lunch? <laughs> right. There's this you know? massive conversation that's happening inside of each person's experience that is not happening outside of them. So we're not experiencing it. So, so it doesn't really matter to us, but, but then, yeah. How do you not slip into I mean, I have my views, but how do you not slip into like a nihilistic state where nothing matters and we're just like ants and meaningless and sort of get into that, I yeah. think, existential crisis that I used to get into years ago. Well, so I have a confession to make is that I have been, I have been stuck in that place several times in my life, mm-hmm. especially many years ago when I really first started this, you know, first started this, I guess, journey of exploration and discovery. And I, first of all, I've just learned that this is part of living in a relative reality, right? Duality. Like no matter how high your highs are, there are always lows to balance it. And it's just, that's just the nature of, of life on earth. But here's, here's how this going through that a few times has really helped, helped me this weekend because I realize whenever I think, whenever my mind thinks, oh, this doesn't matter. It's comparing it to something, you know, this doesn't matter because I know, because I do know my mind knows what matters and this measured against that doesn't measure up. And when I started to really look at what is that standard, because it's really just the comparison game, right? And I can always sort of triangulate it with other conversations or things that are happening in my life. Like my friend is being more successful than I am. His business Mm -hmm. is working better than, than mine is, or their relationship is better than our relationship. And I, and there's like this really subtle comparison game going on at the mind level yeah. And it's going, well, actually you suck. That's why nothing matters. It's because, you know, everybody else is doing great. But if you were, if I were able to actually hear people's thoughts, everybody's thinking the exact same thing because there's this cultural standard that we set up mostly 
that we're all unconsciously, subconsciously, and consciously too comparing against. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's that like the first step is recognizing that, and then yeah. I'm seeking happiness in whatever that standard is, you know, and you, mm-hmm. like you said, it's, there's a narrative, like we're living by this narrative. Yeah. And as I've begun to get clearer on that sooner, it just, it just isn't as sticky, right? It doesn't take me, it takes me a few minutes or maybe an hour or two to get out of that place versus, you know, living in nihilism for a month. And I've been there. That sucks. That's no fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's, it's, um, it's the mind, right? I mean, it tells a story about the idea of what it means to matter, right? Mm. Like what is the definition of mattering, right? Even mean, right? So when we define it and you say things like, well, I matter in relative sense to others and my achievements and my relationship. And when we think about why my life might matter, we think about it in terms of these external factors that perhaps Mm-hmm. translate into a life well-lived perhaps, right? Like I've had a good relationship. I've, I've, I've lived a certain type of life that has an outcome that I think looks a certain way so that people can value me, right? Yeah. And it's all outside of the definition of the spiritual mattering, right? Because that's the mind. It's looking for tangible, recognizable things to prove that you matter, right? When in fact, I mean, we talk about our kids a lot because it's so helpful in the show, but when your daughter was born, she mattered (laughs) like before she achieved anything, right? And before she had anything to compare to or or what have you, right? And, And it's like, when we look at nature, does the, but to your point though, this darker side, I mean, does the rock really matter? Does the bush really matter? Does that one river really matter? Does it matter in the way that the mind is organized? No, it, it doesn't, right? I mean, it doesn't. Like the, the animals can die off, the, the, the leaves can fall. It, it's okay. It's okay. Like, but it, it is. Like, that's how I sort of get myself out of it is the definition around the word matter and moving it mm-hmm. to, well, it is here. And so yeah. when it's here, it matters just for no other reason. Yeah. And as you're saying that I'm actually reminded of a, you may not remember this, but I do the, you did a, an Akashic record reading for me. Mm. And I, it was at a time when I was like swirling around this idea and they were playing with the words of matter, like nothing matters, but then there's matter. And there, you know, it was a sort of play on words of it's, um, there's sort of the, the mind created comparison or here's, here's the litmus test. And then there's actually what's true, which is what is the entire universe, everything that exists, um, is its own meaning. It is its own, like it doesn't compare to anything else. And it matters simply because uh, by very nature of the, its being, it is. And um, same, same moment, basically when we were down by the river, I also realized that the same presence of awareness that I had to even have that, have that experience 
I was, I remember I was looking at this one woman walking toward us and I just had this felt sense of, oh, what actually causes me to experience all of this is the same thing that's causing her to experience everything too. And, and to me, there was this, there was no words to it. It was like this felt sense in my body of, oh, like this is actually what matters because this is the only thing that, that actually is, you know, it's this presence, it's this awareness to everything that's happening. And, and I don't know, to me, it, so the pendulum swings, but it's interesting that the contrast of the pendulum swinging is what brings a sort of clarity to me that, you know, mm-hmm. if you were in a room of just all pure white light, you wouldn't see anything. If you're in a room of pure darkness, you wouldn't see anything either. So it's like through that swinging of the pendulum, I was able to experience like this sort of micro lesson uh, on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. It, it's so at the heart of, I think one of the toughest conversations in the spiritual journey, it, it, this question of like, okay, if everything I've learned my entire life that I thought mattered, doesn't. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is it doesn't end up bringing me the happiness and peace that I'm looking for. Cause that's what we right. mean by mattering. And then this bigger question of like, why are we here? <laughs> like, oh, what yeah. am I doing oh, there's that here? too. <laughs> you know? So it does my life matter. Yeah. And you get to these places where you're forced to grapple with these really elaborate, multi-layered conversations with yourself. And it gets dark because if you let go of my life matters because I achieve, because of my relationship, because of these external things, because of how I show up, because I'm a good person, because I'm a good friend. Like if you start to let go of the labels, right, then what's left? And then you say, well, (laughs) (laughs) wait, Um, so what does matter? And then there's that panic. Like, are we just floating in space on a blue ball for no reason whatsoever? And, you know, I fall back on these ideas of like, no matter how hard we try to understand life, there's an inexplicable quality to it that we can't fully ever grasp. And so when you say like, whatever is happening, what I know matters is what is presence, right? Yeah. That falls into the inexplicable nature of life, right? Like, because then you start to say, well, let's talk about that. And why does that matter? And and you can't. Right. You can't. Right? <laughs> You're stuck. Yeah. Right. So why can't you, Kevin, like start to formulate thoughts and theories around this presence mattering, right? Like, wouldn't that mm-hmm. solve this, I think, dog yeah. chasing tail problem? Yeah, you can't. I mean, ultimately, you have to, you just have to let go and yeah. realize that it's, first of all, it's so simple that it cannot be comprehended, I think is the issue, you know, because it's how do you, like, how do you, ex- how do you explain or even describe what is, you know, just like everything, like everything. And it really is just, it's relaxing and getting, you know, one of the things that's really helped me the most, and you, you've been pivotal in this is helping me move from my head, really dropping down into my heart and in my body. 
and it's something that I've, I've had to practice and learn because especially for men, I mean, we're really, we're taught, you have to figure stuff out, right? You have mm-hmm. to architect it. You have to sort of dissect the stuff, reverse engineer it. And so it sets this, um, there's a cultural expectation, right? That mm-hmm. like he who thinks the the fastest and the sharpest is going to win. Mm-hmm. But you become you you become detached from your felt sense of being. Um, yeah. You know, so you you know, it's kind of like Eckhart Tolle talks about that. You know, the human condition is lost in thought, and and you just quickly become disconnected. And that's, I'm grateful. That's what I was able to do when we were down by the rivers. I could feel in my body, like beyond just the thoughts. And, and when you do that, you, you can actually f- like feel the movement of life itself, mm-hmm. which is everything. That's actually what we're trying to touch in all of our pursuits, in our work, in our relationships, right? It's like what you said, we really just want to be happy. I mean, that's Aristotle said that, you know, to, what, 2000 years ago, more than that, that, um, you know, the aim of every action is happiness. Right. Except the definition of those guys was to be in your filled truth, right? Yeah. Not the American pleasure seeking happy. And that's where we've gotten so confused because yeah. yeah, the, the desire for happiness and peace is not happiness. Like I'm eating an ice cream cone, it is that I am in the truth of who I am, which is that mm-hmm. purpose-based thing. And and so when you are in that space, you can attain a sustained, contented, happy place, yeah. right? But if yeah. you don't understand that's the, that that's the goal, it's not a dopamine-triggered <laughs> right. joy state that's like, ah, I'm like, I saw a puppy and it was so cute. That's not sustainable. It's like on a, on just on a brain functioning level, you don't have enough dopamine. I mean, you get depleted from these right. chemicals, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's a, it's a wonderfully complex thing because what I find in my own experience is the minute I drop in and I have the total truth and awareness and I have that knowing and I'm like, oh my God, this is all there is, is just a repetition of presence over and over and over. Then my mind goes, Wait, what? Yeah. Say that again in a way that I can understand it and getting clear the two eyes, right? The one that just had the experience and feels completely fulfilled in a moment of awe, in in a moment of presence. And then the mind, the I mind says, wait, why are we fulfilled though? What is it? So that I can replicate it, so that I can hack it, so that I can be in that all the time, so that I can do that. It's not a misguided attempt with the mind. It's just like a little sibling that's like just incapable of keeping up with you, right? It just, it cannot comprehend the magnitude of the experience you just had in language or words or replicatable experience in the way the mind wants to do it, right? So what you were talking about that men want to solve to it, and I'm guilty of that. I kind of am organized a little more like a guy that way. And I'm, you know, what was that and how do I do it? And is there a way to replicate that? And, you know, if I could stay there, then I could have a, 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 a um, continuously good life and I'll show everybody else how to do it or I'll compete or win against others. But it's like, you, you, you can't, it, it's uh, in the absence of that where you find it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, the fun, like the funny thing is, uh, as we were walking down by the river, there's a big yoga festival that happens every year in Bend. 
So everybody, there was this big tent and they were all gathered for their final, um, I guess it was like a service together where they're singing and they're chanting and they're doing all of these things. And we walk past it and it's like, oh, well, it's interesting because I've been in those tents too, where it's, oh, well, money's not the thing. Relationships are not the thing, but I'll be enlightened. I'm going to pursue enlightenment, <laughs> you know, or I'm going to pursue spiritual right. growth. Yeah. Right. And then that's where I'll, I will matter. And, you know, it's like you swap materialism for spiritual materialism. But then I actually ran into the most enlightened being I'd seen in a long, long time. We were down by the river. It was amazing. There's this person, they threw a stick into the river and this golden retriever takes off running, jumps into the river, swims out, grabs the stick turns around, swims back, gets back, drops a stick at its owner's feet, and then turns and looks at the river again. And I <laughs> thought, that, it, like that's pure being wrapped in fur. Like that is freedom. That actually yeah. is happiness and joy. It's just being itself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I sometimes think the evolutionary chart is upside down. Like we're at the bottom. I, I yeah. know nobody wants to hear that, but but it's like we have these big minds and we're so proud of them, but and they're wonderful. Don't get me yeah. wrong, right? I'm I'm not anti-brain. They're fantastic. I'm so I mean, I don't like to camp. I'm so grateful that we have all the pleasures of life in modern <laughs> culture. Like <laughs> I like it. I just am a huge fan of but um of innovation through the mind. But for happiness, for peace, for an internal experience for being in your truth for like living a life that feels yeah. authentic to you. The brain is just the worst tool in the wood cabinet to reach for. It just does oh. not work. It does not work. Yeah. And if we just knew that it's like consult the brain for every other activity. Right. But if you want to be like the Labrador and find that piece of beingness, I mean, why do we want pets? You know, I mean, I, being in a furry wrapper is such a cute way of saying it. It's like they remind us of our own innate ability to find joy, right? Right. Yeah. And I've begun, I've begun to use those feelings of, oh gosh, does it, does anything matter? Or that, like that discontent or that disillusionment really as a pointer. Um, I was talking to a, a, a client of mine about a week ago and about the wisdom of disillusionment. I think we we may have talked about this before and how like disillusionment is a real gift because it's the first step to real clarity and it's a repetitive thing that happens you know because disillusionment is about becoming unillusioned or deillusioned you're like nothing matters well yeah well that's your soul like the, that's the deep intelligence in you saying hey this doesn't feel right because you cannot find contentment here you cannot find happiness there of course, yeah. you're going to be disillusioned because, you know, the jig is up. You know, you've realized that those things cannot make you happy. And and so it just forces you to it's like it's pre-installed in us, you know, and that's what forces us deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think it's just ourselves. It's our soul self that is that is driving us back home, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very, very scary topic. I'm very grateful that you're opening up about your own experience. I've had so many of these, you know, I've hit a wall and I'm like, what is the point? Why am I doing this to myself? The mm -hmm. spiritual journey is miserable. 
because I am confronted with my the limits of my willingness to let go of my egoic frame of life, right? Yeah. For me, that's like where those conversations get really loud and stressful because if I'm going to let go of, right, all of these driving forces, a need to earn a certain amount of money for approvals, for family connections to be a certain way, for love and relationship, I mean, my God, what I've been called to rethink in terms of love, right? We don't want to do it from attachment and we don't want to do it because of needs and we don't want to do it because of a battle for power or control. Like, okay, fine, fine, fine. I get it. I get it. Those are all really beautiful and valid things. And as you start to strip it away though, it's like, what am I left with though? Like, right? right? And you drop into this, well, again, getting clear on the you, but the mind goes into a state of panic and fear, yeah. right? As it walks into a place of like losing its grip over you and recognizing, well, all of these are the taught and understood ideas of the brain. So then what yeah. the hell am I doing here on this earth? Why am I in like, like who am I? And it's, it's terrifying to not describe those things relative to friends, right? Relative mm -hmm. to family, um, I mean, Kevin, wouldn't you say that this has cost certain relationships in your life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely lost friends and family over this whole, you know, a a awakening kind of experience. Yeah. 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 Because they they don't understand you or you don't understand them. It goes both directions, right? It's not It's yeah. not one way, but it's like you're not speaking the same language anymore. And so how do you... How do you justify to yourself to walk away from so many important mm -hmm. parts of your perception of the world to, to have nothing left to hold on to, right? So Adashanti and they all say sound wonderful. Well, then you just drop into a beingness and like right. I'm not grasping for life and I'm not resisting and I'm just in it. And it's like, oh my God, though, how do you get anything done? And what does that look like? Mm -hmm. And right, it, it's so rarely modeled in the world other than yeah. these people look really happy. I mean, <laughs> they seem yeah. peaceful, but it's, it's, um, it's like, um, the mapping of it is what the brain wants to get back to. If I could just understand what you're doing, then I could get on board with it. And so Adashanti talks about that. I don't know if you noticed in his books, but he says, I'm oh, yeah. very excited to share my process, but I almost hate to, because then you're going to latch on to something I'm saying so that you can find the model for enlightenment, right? And so it just, it's like this thing that you have to eventually just let go to your point, just like, yeah. I, I'm never going to win this game. I just have to surrender and let go, which that's its own process of, yeah. 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 And it's getting back to, you know, like that dog, you know, simply it's being itself and, you know, getting back to my morning walk this morning where I was listening to Adya Shanti. I was almost back to the house and he, and he said, you know, ultimately everything will be taken from you. And I was like, well, that's an encouraging, <laughs> encouraging way to start your day. It's like everything like death will take everything from you. And so you cannot, you know, you cannot keep anything, but what you'll, what remains is, you know, the, like the essential nature of your being and your existence. And, 
you know, that's actually the true treasure that all of the spiritual teachings, all of the philosophical teachings point to is, you know, like there are all of these, these things we externalize, right? Like I'll be happy when I get that. I'll be, you know, complete when I do that. And, and it really is just this, it's such a simple thing that we don't, we think that we're the exception to the rule. Like, yeah, 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 we know that's true, but for everybody else, you know, I just need to get my little enlightenment or my, you know, piece of success and I'll be different. But no, you just, you, in order to live, you have to die in order to have the world, you have to give it up. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, that whole paradox is true. Yeah. So beautifully put. I mean, it's, and it's such a, um, vulnerable story to share because it's, it's in my experience, not talked about in too many circles that this, I think coveted state, Mm. right. Enlightened and spiritual path and all this stuff is actually extremely stressful for us. For most of the people we know, it's got a lot of dark days, a lot of terrifying thoughts, right. And to your point, I mean, out of Shanti's words, it's like, you just have to, you know, do this small thing. Just, just die. <laughs> just, just give up. And it's like everything in us, right. In culture, it's like, well, but the dog doesn't have to pay bills, Kevin. It right. doesn't have to, right. It doesn't right. have kids, Kevin. Like that's a yeah. dumb idea, Kevin. Like, why are we talking about dogs when you're, you know, you just, it's not the realities of life. And it's like, right. But can't it, I mean, listen, you need to get a certain amount of money to, 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 to pay expenses, mm-hmm. but what are we talking about after all of that? And a lot of people who have money will be the first ones to say that that psychology does not change. I know right. a lot of people with a lot of money and they are so still stressed out about performance mm-hmm. and doing, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy the ego. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think it's, I think more and more people are getting really clear on, on this, right? This is something that we've known culturally for quite a while and people in all different economic levels and experience levels of experience in life are really saying the same thing and coming to this realization of, oh, well, actually there's, there's a different way of being, there's a different way of living and life itself is really sort of catalyzing this evolution, I guess. And I'd say things like artificial intelligence are going to just accelerate it, you know, as, you know, because we, we, we attach so much of our identity and worth to work. Well, you know, COVID started changing that, you know, people's jobs disappearing and, you know, they would wonder, well, who am I without this? Yeah. And now technology is actually accelerating these, these kinds of conversations around, yeah, what really matters. And, and ultimately I think this is like Rupert Spira and others talk about that desire to achieve that desire to seek happiness. It actually is our very nature drawing us back to itself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it actually is, it's like when you're hungry, like there is a natural satisfaction to that hunger you eat or when you're thirsty, there's something that satisfies that thirst. Like there's this deep, deep soul hunger 
that is satisfied. And mm. like, we're just going through this process of discovering that it has nothing to do with, you know, w- what we do in life or bank accounts and those kinds of things. But that journey is, uh, yeah, it's got some, some deep valleys just as it has really high summits. Ah, oh, I'd love it. Well, Such thank you for sharing your story, your walk and your yeah, realization. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in and we'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. And I really hope that you consider checking out the Little Soul School, littlesoul.school, where there's a community of people dedicated to soul growth, soul learning, and the Akashic energy, a space that holds all of our soul's histories, everything we've ever done in all of our lifetimes, because they're looking for a deeper connection to themselves, a place to experiment and play with spirituality in a non-judgmental, vulnerable, open community of people. No woo-woo, no fluff, just fun and connection. Come check it out, littlesoul.school.